Hello? I, I'm up here. Can you hear me? I can hear you, yeah. Okay. Happy Sunday, everybody. It's January the 18th, 2015. Hope everybody had an awesome weekend. Thank you for tuning in to Let's Face It. I'm your host, Will Strayhorn. I'm Janae K. Williams. And I'm Donnell Lattimore. Thank you guys for tuning in. Um, How's everybody's weekend? How'd you guys' weekend go? I had a great weekend. How about you, Will? I, you know what? I had a good week. You know, last week I was battling a cold, found out the cold was actually a sinus infection, and then because wow. of my transplant, the um, doctors were they wanted to put me in the hospital because they th- thought that it may turn to pneumonia, but they put me on an antibiotic, which seems to be responding really well. So um, I'm not all the way better yet, but I feel 100% better than I did last last week this time. So um, everything's good. Week week came out really, really good um right. we have a good show tonight we have a good show tonight just wanted to give you guys the opportunity um we have donnell Lattimore and janae williams my special guest um co-host this week um donnell tell us a little bit about yourself tell the listeners a little bit how fabulous you are <laughs> hey what's up out there listeners um i'm donnell Lattimore. i am a songwriter by trade i'm also a model and i'm also an actor um, I host a music talk show called That Local Music Show here in Virginia Beach, and it pretty much highlights um, the local talent here that don't really have an outlet to be seen and heard. And that's more or less it in a nutshell. And the very beautiful Miss Janae Williams. Hello, everyone. My name again is Janae K. Williams, and I am an event stylist, lifestyle consultant, and CEO of Grammar Girl Event. Awesome. Awesome. So, we have a good show tonight. We're um, talking about infidelity. Why do people cheat? We have relationship expert Alvian Lyons. She's going to be our guest today a little bit later on. But before that comes in, I was looking through um, on the Internet. You know I love celebrity gossip. And my girl, Ariana Grande, I love her. She is so cute. Um, and yeah. according to people.com, looks like her and Big Sean have called it split. They called it quits. They split. Um, it looks like there was a an incident before Christmas, and it says that Ariana allegedly ended her relationship after she caught him sexting other women. Oh, my God. Sources uh-huh. say that right before Christmas, they were together, and Ariana um, tried to reach for his phone, and Sean literally almost jumped out of his pants. 
So that was number one. That was probably the number, number one suspect thing that he did. I mean, so she questioned him. He might have missed his phone and reached for something else. He could have jumped. That's alleged. Yeah, okay. Exactly. okay. Exactly. <laughs> so she questioned, you know, why he was so jumpy and insisted on seeing his phone. Um, upon examination, they said that she found explicit pictures that he had been sending to other women, including a famous Instagram model. They didn't say her name, but um, some chick on Instagram. So Ariana, she was so distressed and distraught that she ended the relationship. So my question to you, panel, is have you ever been tempted or suspicious enough to ever snoop through your partner's phone, email, or belongings? That's a negative. What about Negative. Okay. Um, Absolutely not. You know, I just feel like if it gets so bad that she has to start looking through emails and and looking through somebody's phone, then, you know, if something else is going on, you already know that something is wrong. So I just don't need to need all of that. I mean, like, I I got my own phone. I don't need to be looking through yours. But I I will say that, like, my ex, I knew she was kind of suspicious. So, like, I kind of set her up. Like, I had one of my friends actually text me. Um, something about us having, like, sexual tension or something like that. And I purposely put my phone down knowing that she would go through and I took a shower and then I come out like, who is this? da 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 like, why are you going through my phone? You give me reason. I'm like, no more reason is that. I yeah, that's know. Just too much. <laughs> that's just too much to me. With me, I absolutely trust my partner. He's other freaks out here that I do not trust. So, yes, uh-huh. I do check, and I am liable to do a impromptu inspection at any moment. It is well noted and well known, um, and I've done it in the past. I haven't done it in the past year, but um, that's probably just been because I've been off my game. But, you know, I'll well, what are it. you trying to find, though, is my question. You just, that's like I, I'm, ho- I'm hoping to find nothing. That's the key. Well, if you look for it, you're going to sure find it. That's for sure. That's true. If and you, you know look, what? You I, coined, <laughs> I coined a phrase that you get. This is called, um, what is the word I call it? It is called, oh, my God, what is the word? We play this game. Um, oh, that's, that is called self-inflicted pain. You get you get self-inflicted. You go yeah. looking for something, and you actually find what you look for. But, hey, I don't want to spend, you know, time with somebody who's looking elsewhere. So it's best well, how, if, if how, you're not willing to, enough to tell me, then I'll find it myself and I'll make the move for you. That's, well, that's, how would that make your partner feel, though? Because that will make me feel like you don't trust me if you have to go through my stuff looking for well, something no, that you don't want to find in the first place. You're not listening. You're not listening. I heard what you said. I said I trust you. I don't trust the other people. Why oh, my goodness. If you don't trust me, <laughs> you can't control the other okay, people. Okay, okay, maybe, maybe I have some insecurity issues. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe that's what it is. But, yeah, I'm, the point I'm, is I have checked in the past. I haven't checked in a while. Um, I don't feel a need to check right now. Normally, I say the spirit lets me know that you need to check this person's phone. Their well, guy, I see their guidance. Then that means that you need to have a conversation with your mate. Like, look, I think something's going on. But checking the phone, that's going to lead to other issues. So just have a conversation. It will. It will. It will. It's two to one, so I can't. I can't win this one. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we have to go to commercial break. We have to go to commercial break. But when we come back, we'll have relationship expert Alvin Lyons hanging out with us, and we'll discuss infidelity. Why do people cheat? You guys are listening exactly. to Let's Face the Radio, and we'll be right back. Excellent, yes.
want to take your business to the next level, Ultimate Business Solutions provides the support you need to increase your customer base and sell more products and services online. Specializing in graphic arts, web development, and internet marketing, Ultimate Business Solutions creates the face of your business. If you're looking for a custom logo, dynamic website, or popping marketing material, call Ultimate Business Solutions today at 404-704-2197 or visit www.ultimatebizsolutions.com. Ultimate Business Solutions. Let us create your future. Are you a recent graduate, a displaced professional, or a subject matter expert looking for an opportunity? Or maybe you're seeking to advance your career in information technology and cybersecurity. If so, then Lanier Data Assurance Solutions, Inc. is the company for you. Lanier is a professional services consulting firm located in Washington, D.C., Largo, Maryland, and Jacksonville, Florida. We are comprised of highly experienced, certified security professionals, as well as subject matter experts in the science of information security and privacy. Lanier has established a solid reputation for excellence by providing superior services to every client. This credible firm brings a wealth and expertise to the profession. If you are interested in knowledge work, excellent compensation, contract and travel options, contact Lanier Data Assurance Solutions today. Like us on Facebook to get real-time opportunity announcements at facebook.com forward slash Lanier, which is L-E-N-E-E-R, or call 301-476-1844. You can also email us at info at Lanier.net. It's 6.42 p.m. Time for Steve Plato and his son Dylan to do the dishes. They talk about everything from the yuckiness of girls to the awesomeness of his soccer team. Sometimes they don't talk at all. Then, hey, the dreaded <laughs> splash fight. It's dad o'clock, and it's the best time of the day because the smallest moments can have the biggest impact on a child's life. Take time to be a dad today. Call 877-4DAD-411 or visit fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. Welcome back to Let's Face It Radio on the Survival Radio Network. Tonight's show is all about infidelity. And what we want to know is, why do people cheat? To give us more valuable insight on this very hot topic, we have a phenomenal guest expert, Ms. Avian Lyons. Avian is a nationally respected speaker, marriage and family consultant, parent educator, and relationship expert. She is also a board-certified professional counselor. Again, please welcome to the show, Miss Alvian Lyons. Good evening, guys. Hi, Alvian. How are you? I am wonderful. You guys absolutely make me smile listening to your banter back and forth. I'm tickled already, so this is going to be juicy. <laughs> wonderful. Wonderful. And we still have to have our lunch, Alvian. So yes, you do. I'm getting Only over lunch. this. I do, I do, I do, and it's coming soon. I'm getting over this. This it was a cold, sinus infection. Now I don't know what it is, but I'm getting over it. And I promise, I'm coming to take you out. Okay, because <clears throat> if if I don't get fed soon, well, I we're know, gonna have a I problem. Know. Okay, I know, so we need I know. to get together. And we don't want that. We don't, we don't want, want that. that. We don't want that. 
<laughs> exactly. I wanted to start this conversation off because this is a hot topic. We have been getting emails all week, um, people mm-hmm. wanting to know, wh- why do you think, what do you think the main reason is that people cheat? I know okay. there are uh, many. There are. You're right. And there's not really just one. So is it okay if I throw it into three baskets? Oh, sure. You? Sure. Okay. Sure. So in the years that I've been doing this thing, I can break it down to about three different places that we can tuck most of the issues in. You've got, and okay. I love I love to use um, like same letters kind of thing. So we're, we'll call it the three C's. So you either have a council issue, you have a character issue, or you have a content issue. And what I mean by those three is council issue is who are you surrounding yourself with? You know, who do you talk to? What kind of advice are you getting from the people that you go to when there are issues, when you're struggling with something? That's the, that's the environmental stuff that exists in a relationship. Then you have character issues. That's the I factor, the stuff that we come into the relationship with individually. And then you have content issues. That's the we factor, what exists between us. Because when you mix certain people together, you get something different than when you mix them with other people. So no different than if you put you know, vanilla and chocolate together, you're going to get something different than when you put vanilla and strawberry together. But the common factor being vanilla. But everything that you mix your personhood with, you will find that there are different combinations that create different kinds of things. So we can get you know, much further into the we in a bit, but for the most part, you'll find that cheating falls into, or the source of that falls into one of those three baskets. Oh. Okay, so what exactly is considered cheating, though? <laughs> okay, so that's what tickles me about the conversation that you guys were having earlier, because cheating is seen very differently by different people depending upon mm-hmm. where you are in your relationship. I, for instance, have been married almost 20 years. Yeah, I know. I got married when I was 15. Right. So, <laughs> <laughs> yes, because I'm only 25, right? So, yeah, you look it. Really, but really, in all honesty, I'm 39 years old. I got married when I was 20 years old. So, by most standards, people would expect that relationship to have fallen apart. And it's been through all kinds of things, and we can talk about as much of that as you guys want to know later on. But, given the fact that I am now married and having had all of these years under my belt, what my husband and I see as cheating is very different married than what we saw as cheating dating. And and I'm talking about the difference between, for instance, emotional cheating versus physical cheating, flirting versus, because some people will feel like if you flirt just a little too much, that's practically cheating. Um, it could be things as simple as whether or not, and using the Ariana Grande situation that you were talking about earlier, if I feel like you've left this relationship, for me, that may constitute cheating. For somebody else, if I didn't touch anybody, I didn't go anywhere, that wasn't cheating. So the truth is that cheating does not have a singular definition because it really is what happens to or what it feels like for the person who's being cheated on typically. So for where my husband is concerned, for instance, his concept of cheating is really about physical interaction. 
He does not care how many guy friends I have. He does not care how many conversations I have. Of course, not inappropriate conversations. But he's just not, he does not care about those kinds of things at all. But he really does care where your physical person goes. I, on the other hand, would be much more offended by your emotional person going somewhere because your body can go somewhere if you're, and your heart not go there. So it really is different for each person. There is no single definition of cheating. So would you suggest this is something that each couple individually sit down, you know, if they're planning on being um, monogamous in a serious relationship, that, you know, you tell me what do you consider Absolutely. cheating to be? Absolutely. Okay. I, I would totally, I totally would agree with that, Will, because, and that was Will, right? I did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm just sorry. making sure I heard your voice properly. Um, I would totally agree with that. There is a simple uh, equation that we use it called People Smart. And in People Smart, what we say is expectation minus explanation equals failure. If you expect something in a relationship and you have not taken the time to sit down and have a conversation about that to make sure that what I say and mean is what you hear and understand, then we are guaranteed failure by the time we're done with this thing. Because no matter how good I try to be in this relationship, if my good does not meet your expectation, there will always be a sense that somehow I didn't make the mark, somehow I failed in our interaction. So it's really important that we're having a conversation about what my rules of cheating are versus what your rules of cheating are. Can we come to a place of agreement? Are we already in agreement? We don't know those things until we start interacting with each other because there are so many small things that people can feel like are personal violations that you would not necessarily think. And there's no such thing as common sense because common is not common to anyone but the individual. So you have to make sure that you and your partner are on the same page about what's expected in this relationship, especially if we agree that it's supposed to be monogamous. Right. Hmm. Agreed. Wow. Wow. I'm already learning things. Okay. Wow. Go ahead, Jenny. You mentioned earlier, um, you know, some differences with regard to what you see as cheating versus what your husband sees. And you mentioned that your husband view um, the physical um, as more of cheating. And so right. my question is that is, the, is cheating always just about sex? Not at all. Not at all. See, most of the time people assume that physicality is really the governing force for why we're doing the things that we're doing because we look at the sex as if it were the the totality of the situation or or the fondling or whatever it is that took place. We look at that as if that is all that has taken place. But the reality is if you think about it, and, Will, this is the perfect opportunity where you're concerned because you're getting over being sick. So you, you have right. to look at it from the perspective of symptom versus actual issue or actual illness. Cheating is just a symptom of a greater illness, no different than, oh. a, than the sneezing is not just sneezing. Is it allergies? Is it pneumonia? Is it sinus infection? There are so many different things that the symptom can be reflective of. So when we're looking at sexuality or we're looking at the physicality that we either witnessed, heard about, found out, whatever it may be, that is just symptomatic of a greater issue. So if we're more responsible about looking at what the issue was that led to the sexuality, we will really be dealing with the problem at hand. 
And that's the kind of thing, and when, we're, when we talk about the issue, that's what I'm talking about when I say the, those three baskets, the counsel, the character, the content kind of thing. Because there are three things that kind of fit into each of those baskets, for instance. Like you could have the hole in the bucket situation going on. And when I say the hole in the bucket, it's a, these are all theories that I, that I absolutely love and believe in. If you imagine a relationship as a bucket of water, or a person has a bucket of water. Everybody has a hole at the bottom of their bucket. The issue is that you don't want to partner with someone who has a gunshot hole at the bottom of the bucket because no matter how much you pour in, you will never be able to keep that person's bucket full. That's an that's a a character factor. That's the I factor that I was talking about. If I come into this relationship with issues already, I have major insecurities. I've been cheated on before. I've witnessed things happen in other relationships, my parents, whatever it may be. So there's a huge hole at the bottom of my bucket. My partner could be absolutely fantastic, but they can never seem to do enough to fill me up. So we could end up cheating. Either one of us could be cheating with the hole in the bucket concept. He could be cheating or she could be cheating because of filling fatigue, as in I'm so tired of trying to pour into you and I never feel like I'm doing enough and I'm always feeling inadequate. So I'm looking for some space where I don't feel inadequate with everything that I'm giving. I end up cheating. The other possibility is you could be the person who has the, who's the person who um, is has the hole at the bottom of the bucket. So you're with somebody who is wonderful, but because of your hole, no matter what they're giving you, you don't feel like you have enough. So you're constantly seeking to be full by someone else. So you, you can be on either side in a situation like that, or you can be in a gravity situation is what I call it, the other one. And that's where you're surrounded. That's when I'm talking about counsel. You're around people all the time that are encouraging you to not be monogamous. We live in an environment that is not pro-monogamy. So there's always, oh, we're getting into a fight. Oh, your, your man did this. I understand why you're looking for somebody else. Depending upon who your counsel is can affect your relationship in major, major ways. And then finally, the reflection concept or mirror theory. We all seek an environment where in the eyes of our partner, reflected back to us is the person we want to see. So if you're with someone who reflects back the worst things about yourself, it will not take long before you will be seeking another environment where the mirror is showing you the you you want to see. People cheat for multiple reasons. So the sexuality is just symptomatic of whatever that deeper issue is. So as far as symptoms and everything, like what signs should someone look for if they suspect cough, cough, going to somebody's phone, um, that they're being cheated on? Okay. Well, I'm a person who fundamentally believes in recognized patterns. If you study your partner, I mean, you should have a Ph.D. in your man or your woman, whoever they are. <laughs> I like that. Study your partner. We should study the people that we love because sometimes things will go on in the, for that person that they may not even recognize, but for you as a person who loves them, you may notice that things are changing before they even realize that they're changing. So first thing, study your partner. When you notice that the patterns start changing, things they used to do, they stop doing. Things they used to enjoy, they're not enjoying in the same kind of way. Things you used to enjoy together aren't even the same anymore. Those are all indicators. Those are the sneezes before you get to the pneumonia. Pay attention to those things. 
Don't wait until it's full-blown fever, shiver, shakes before you do something about what's going on because that it's too late often then be, for lots of different reasons. But point is that you need to make sure that you're paying attention to what's going on. There's not always a single indicator that cheating is happening, but there are often breaks in patterns, breaks in ways in which we used to interact with each other that change, and those are the things that often should raise your little spidey senses. Something is mm-hmm. up. So, okay, well, with that being said, then why am I so wrong? Why do they jump on me? If I if I was able to connect <laughs> connect with some of those reasons you gave, why was I wrong in doing what I did? Or do you not think I was wrong? Well, I wouldn't say that it, it's an issue of wrong or right. I okay. would say that it's more of an issue of what's effective and what's ineffective. Okay. Janae, when she was when she mentioned, and actually I think Donnell actually said the same thing too in terms of, well, Janae mentioned it. If you dig long enough, you will find mm-hmm. something. That is a mm-hmm. guarantee. If we okay. if we pick up enough dirt sooner or later, we'll find a bone somewhere, somewhere. So you got to be careful about the digging. So I'm not saying to you that you're wrong for choosing to look. But I am saying to you that if that is not part of the dynamic that exists within the relationship, we mutually feel comfortable doing these kinds of things. Like, maybe I just want to see what people are talking about today in your phone. And that's part of your relationship. Then that's fine. The problem is if you have to do that behind your partner's back, your attempt to figure out if there's something that's going wrong is creating something to go wrong okay. within the relationship. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, I, so I understand that. You are planting the seed of distrust, and any time that you don't have trust, you reduce vulnerability. Any time you reduce vulnerability, you kill intimacy. If mm-hmm. you want to ensure that you have a, a relationship that's almost, because there's no flawless relationship, but if you want to ensure that you have a relationship that really reduces the possibility of cheating, you want to make sure you have a relationship that's high in intimacy, which requires vulnerability, and vulnerability is only possible with trust. So if it is not already understood between you and your partner that this works for us, then you are planting a seed of distrust, which is going to ultimately kill the 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 flowers of intimacy that exist within your relationship. Okay, I totally get that. You know what? And to be honest, you know, like I was saying, it, it is really coming from a place of insecurity, because when I was young and beautiful, I was a mess. I know that. And you know, <laughs> what goes around comes around. So I'm just trying to stop it. <laughs> I'm just trying to catch it before it gets me. But um, I wanted to go back. Real quick, you had said with the hole in the bucket, you said the person who has the hole in the um, in the bucket, um, they basically continually cheat. Do you? So is this this person? They they they're the habitual cheater. Well, it's not. Much. I wasn't. And saying it's an illness to them. <laughs> I wasn't saying that they necessarily have to be cheating. I am saying that they'll always be seeking something though. So it doesn't always get to the point that there has to be physical cheating. There can be, because we're all different in terms of our boundaries. But the seeking constantly, the need for affirmation, the need for the pouring in, the I'm enough, I'm good enough, I have enough, I'm attractive enough, I'm desirable enough, it's all of those being enough 
that have to really come from the inside of you. They can't come from the outside of you. So when you've got that hole, you're searching. People often search outside to plug the hole when the only way to fix that is for you to plug it yourself. Now, Uh remember I said that we all have a hole, but we're all looking for partners who have a pin-size hole so that you practically can keep that thing at full all the time because it drips out so slowly. And the reason I say we all have a hole is that if we didn't have a hole, that means that I could say to you, Will, one time, I love you. And you never, ever have to hear it again, and you will always know it to be true. The reality is we all need to hear those things more than one time. We need to see them, experience them, feel them. We all have a hole. We all need the the constant pouring in in some way, but it's how much do you have to pour in to someone for them to be full. So we have to do our own work so that we're not creating an environment where our partners can never give us enough because we have too much, our gap is too big at the bottom. Mm. That makes sense. Wow. Wow. So, Alvin, you've given us some great advice with regard to things to look for if we suspect that our mate is cheating. And you briefly touched on my next question, but what advice can you give our listeners on things they can do to prevent cheating from becoming an issue in their relationship? I love that question, Janae. And the truth is it goes back to what we were talking about originally. That expectation component is so important. We all come into relationships with expectations. We all have an idea of what we think this relationship should be, what it should look like, what it should feel like. We all have those. But if we're not communicating those things to the people that we're with, we are setting the people that we are with up for failure. You have to make sure that you're having these conversations and you're having them openly and honestly. A lot of times what we'll do in our relationships is because we're afraid of rejection, we will not say how we really feel about things. But you can never get to intimacy if you're not really talking about how you feel. So you have to tell the whole truth because if the relationship isn't going to work, let it not work out in the beginning. Don't wait until you're so far into this relationship that the recovery after the breakup is pure torture because you did not say what you needed to say when you could have said it. Tell the truth about who you are. No, you don't have to pour it out to people in the first five minutes of the first date. No. But you should be honest about the things that you want and need in your relationship from the beginning. Those kinds of things create environments. And relationships that are high in monogamy and intimacy are relationships that have rich environments of intimacy. And those are based on how we communicate with each other and how open and honest and safe we feel. We all want a safe space, every one of us. Hmm. Right. So once all of this is gone, let's say you you have all of this information and you've done all that you can to prevent it and it does happen to you, Mm -hmm. what are the odds of a relationship succeeding you know, once infidelity has happened, I've seen personally people go through it and they're able to overcome it. Absolutely. I've seen people who go through the very smallest um, amount of infidelity and, you know, it's totally over after, what, 10, 20 years of um, being together. So what are the odds of a relationship well, succeeding? There's no, there's no percentage. I can't give you a perfect percentage, but I can tell you that you can, you're absolutely right, that you can recover after infidelity. But the issue is, did you figure out what was triggering the infidelity? 
the people who recover from it are generally people who are able to get to the root of what the what the problem was. And if you can fix it at the root, it does not have to continue. If we figured out that the infidelity is a byproduct of the fact that you are constantly with people who are taking you to bars and da 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 da, and your your environments constantly that are just anti relationship, anti-commitment, then we may need to change who you're hanging out with. Now, granted, there's a certain level of personal accountability that has to exist in a relationship. But because we're all human, certain environmental factors eventually will have an effect on the decisions that we make because norms are based on frequency. So if I think it's normal to cheat, it's because of the frequency that I'm in environments where people are cheating. So you have to understand that it's important that you pay attention to what you're surrounding yourself with. So I would say that there there is recovery that can absolutely happen if we can get to the root of what's the symptom in the first place. But if we can't get to that root, then you will find the repeated cheating that goes on in the relationship because we've never fixed it. So it's like if I were to give you Sudafed for your issue right now, Will, and you have a sinus infection, Sudafed is not going to fix that. You need an antibiotic. So if we can get that antibiotic in, we can fix the infection. But if we just keep putting things on top of it that just deal with the symptoms but never deal with the issue, the cheating will never stop. Okay. I know it gets okay. a little intense. It's a lot of intense. Yeah, it does. <laughs> <laughs> we, it's we all find ourselves starting to evaluate. Okay, hold on. Yes, I'm like, right? okay. Okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, like, okay, you're talking about, like, being, like, the root and intimacy and everything like that. So, like, I, I hear that a lot of successful relationships start off with, you know, being friends first. So, like, and you come into a relationship with baggage, if you want to call it that, you know, without you knew before you were with, you know, your significant other. Um, and sometimes, you know, your spouse or significant other can be like, well, I don't want you talking to such and such because, you know, they're a guy, they're a girl, and they're only out the one thing, et cetera, et cetera. Right. So um, do you think it's possible that, um, like, you can't just be friends with the opposite sex without any cloudy areas, I should say, from your significant other? <laughs> Okay, so here's the thing. Everybody has their their boundaries where that's concerned. Some people are a little more touchy than others. I when I met my husband, I had a a whole bunch of guy friends. I grew up with boys. I'm the first girl after two boys. It was normal to me. So when we came home from our first date, my best friend, who was a guy, was at the house to meet my my husband, who was my then boyfriend, from the first date. So in our relationship, it has always been normal for me to have guy friends because that's always been the case. Now, if I did not have guy friends early on and I attempted to introduce that 10 years into the relationship, that might be a little bit more difficult to be able to adjust to. Can men and women be just friends? Absolutely. Is it a little bit harder when you're, you're talking about a beautiful man and a beautiful woman being friends? Absolutely. So you also have to recognize that the nature of human beings, and whether it's male and male, female, female, whatever your partnership dynamic is, if you're attracted to your friend, it does create a secondary level of caution necessary. Can you, can you prevent yourself from stepping over those boundaries? You can. Is it possible that you will always be tempted or tempted in multiple ways? Yes. 
So we got to be honest about that, but that's why the why there's a, such an importance in being able to have open communication. That friendship thing you were talking about, Donnell, that's the thing that makes the difference. If I'm friends with my my mate, my partner, mm-hmm. and I could be honest with him about the fact that, okay, my friend Charles, I find him so cute, so i got to be careful hanging out with Charles. We don't need to ever drink, you know, because... <laughs> <laughs> I don't want anything <laughs> terrible to happen. Then let's be let's be honest about that. So Charles and I never need to put ourselves in that situation. Even though we're good friends, we never need to be in that situation such that we don't create the environment for that to take place. But will there can they be friends? Yes, they can be. Are there temptations that could exist? Absolutely. Do we have to lean into those temptations? Absolutely not. We all are capable, but you, I know what each of you look like. You're beautiful people. So the reality is that anybody you're friends with could potentially find you attractive. What you do with that attraction really speaks to your personal character. Right. That's it. You know, that's a good question because I saw a couple of weeks ago, I think it was on The Real, um, they were they were talking about Mary J. Blige and her husband, and mm-hmm. they were talking about how because you know in Hollywood they were saying couples don't last long, and they right. were asking what was the secret to their success, and she said because they don't allow each other to have opposite sex friends, mm. so she doesn't have any male friends and he doesn't have any female friends, and I was like wow that's deep. odd, <laughs> yeah that's harsh deep right. <laughs> <laughs> very steep. Very steep. See, I did want to interject and give out the phone number just in case anybody anybody wanted to call in. The number is nine one seven nine three two ten seventy eight. Just make sure you press one if you have a question for our wonderful relationship expert, um, Alvion Lyons. She will be happy to answer any questions. Janae? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. But I, right. I find that that's really interesting, Well, I that yeah. And I've heard that a few times, and I don't know if you guys have seen this little video that was floating around Facebook, and there's a woman who's kind of doing um, a little, you know, one-on-one with her phone and explaining how she doesn't – all the people who have Plan Bs and have guy friends, and she's, you know, a female having the conversation, and, you know, just that – she and her partner do not believe in that either, having friends of the opposite sex. And when you read the commentary underneath that, people immediately responded by, oh, I think that's a great idea, and then you got the absolute opposite, well, she must be controlling and so on and so forth. So everybody feels different about that. I personally don't think that there's anything wrong with having friends of Mm -hmm. a different gender as long as you and your partner are close enough to be honest about the temptations without being offended by each other's honesty. It's For me, it required, for me to have such good guy friends, it requires a complete open honesty policy between my husband and I. So he can go through my phone anytime. He can sit in the room. He can click, you know, speakerphone if he wants while I'm having a conversation. Not that he ever feels the need to do those things, but it is the dynamic of our relationship. Now, I will tell you, conversely, he does not have female friends. But the reason he does not have female friends is because he fundamentally believes that the only point of those relationships would be for physicality, because that's how he thinks. So since you have admitted that that's what you believe those relationships would be for, then there's no reason for that because you've got plenty of that at home. For me, 
That's not what the relationships are for. I genuinely like my boys. We generally have wonderful conversation, and it's not about anything beyond that. But for his comfort, we keep it completely open and honest. I could tell him if I dreamt about doing something with the next dude, and we're fine. Like, we can talk wow. about all of that, but we are best friends. Like, if he wasn't my husband, I'd still be messing with him. Like, we are best <laughs> friends. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I get that. I get that. You know, like, but it has to, but it has to be that way if it's going to work. You cannot have those those relationships where there could be attraction or there could be an environment for things to go on, and you guys can't be honest about it because then you have an environment that infidelity is high on the possibility right. list. Okay, um, Albion, it looks like we have a caller in queue. We sure. have Coach Ellis from Virginia Beach. He has a comment or question. Welcome Hi, to the this show, is Coach, Coach Ellis. Ellis. How are you? Hi, Coach Ellis. How are you? I am doing one tablet. I think this is a great show and a great topic. And and as I've been listening, um, I believe I heard you say that that for your husband, that he fully understands he can't have female friends because of how he views them. Right. And I I find that interesting because uh, in in my practice, when I talk with young women about their male, quote-unquote, friends, Mm-hmm. I find a lot of times they don't understand that guys view friendship as a prelude to the future. <laughs> uh, whether I it's it. whether it's tomorrow or whether or ten it's years ten years from now. <laughs> and and the reason we have female friends is because they're either we've messed up so bad we can't go anywhere with it, or. <laughs> We're waiting. We're, we're trying to be your iceberg in case of emergency, break glass. Right. I get that. Yes. Um, so I, I I find it interesting because women tend to think I have these guy friends, but when you really talk to the guys, you find out, yeah, we let her believe we friends. Right. But if things don't work out, then I'm most certainly <laughs> right. We'll I, I'll be there to catch it when it falls. And right. <laughs> now, you know, and, Coach Ellis, I totally disagree with you on that one, but go ahead. <laughs> is it Janae? That's Janae. <laughs> well, we've had but, this conversation. so We sure but, have. But I, I, and I think fundamentally at the core, if men are honest, mm-hmm. that that our friendships with women are disguised for something else. <laughs> unless unless we have so violently messed up our opportunity but that we I, choose not to let them go and we, we will suffer ourselves to be their friends. <laughs> I gotta agree to disagree. On the, the line that I mean you meet like females in different like aspects as far as like work, school, et cetera. And like sometimes you're kind of forced into uh, any type of relationship, whether it be friendship or whatever. Now I will agree that probably the aspect or thought of sex might dance across your brain depending on who this female is because you mean you're attracted to their face first and then their personality that's just my opinion but um not necessarily all females that you're quote unquote friends with you have a sexual attraction to i just think like you're attracted to all your friends for one reason or another but it's not necessarily back in the back of your head that at some point the situation might arise that you might have to put one for the team or do what you got to do. And, uh, 
Well, see, I, and, and I get that, but I guess here's how here's I put it. With my boys, with, with, with the guys, we can be friends, and I don't care what happens. Um, no matter how good-looking they are, no matter how athletic they are, no matter what happens, if they have a heartbreak and they come and they got to come cry, I'll be there for them. They're my boys, but won't nothing ever even cross my mind remotely about being more than just friends. Agreed. Now, whoever she is, if we have the type of relationship that she can come cry on my shoulder, tell me all about how this guy used and abused her, um, and and want a male's perspective, there is always this thing in the back of my mind that says, you know what? There's a vulnerability here. And as guys, we're hunters. We're brutally honest about it. We're hunters. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we seek out the vulnerabilities of the prey. And women, for lack of a better term, and I'm not trying to be sexist or crass, is that women are who what we hunt for. Mm-hmm. And I find it difficult for, and when guys are being honest about the relationship we sit in our circle, they're being honest. You know, even if we're not attracted to her, even if she's not our type, the very fact that she's female and in any given situation, given the, the opportunity and the desire to meet at the same time, there's potential damage. And Agreed. if there's ever potential damage, then this isn't simply a friendship. Well, what With I... With my I, boys, won't no damage happen. No, here's what here was here's what I would add to that. Um in all in every relationship there is some kind of potential damage. And but if we use sexuality as the ultimate, then we're giving it a little more weight than it probably deserves. Because there is potential damage when you put two people together who, and I mentioned before in terms of the kinds of counsel that we give one another, you can totally destroy somebody's life by just giving them the wrong counsel at the wrong time. It's what we call damage. How are we defining what damage really is? Anytime you're vulnerable with anyone, open and willing to receive whatever it is that they have to offer into your world, there is the potential for damage. So every relationship has the potential for damage. But there's also, when we're talking about infidelity in particular, or these, you know, these relationships where there's the, the potential of sexual intimacy, we all have control over what it is that we ultimately decide to do. We may not be able to control who we're attracted to, but we absolutely can control how we express that attraction. And I don't, I don't believe that any one of us is incapable of saying no in a moment that we recognize should not be taking place. We are all fully capable of saying no. Do we all choose to say no? Perhaps not. But that's an I factor. That's up to you as a person. But we we all are capable of being able to say no in a situation like that. So as long as we are personally disciplined and have the kind of relationships with our partners that we can tell the truth about the things that we may need to back up from or that we may need to be careful about, then I don't – I personally, and obviously I'm not talking about the science behind this all, but I personally have not had the experience to suggest that one cannot have relationships that are cross-gender as long as one is disciplined enough and honest enough about the content of those relationships, Hmm. personally. Wow. Well, thanks, Coach Ellis, for calling in. I mean, Coach, hello? 
Coach Ellis for yes. calling in. I appreciate it. Great. Well, thank yes. you for having me. Thanks, Coach. No problem. Um, Alvin, this is Janae again. Yes, baby. Yes, I have another question for you. And you kind of touched on it earlier when we talked about um, how a relationship can succeed after infidelity. Um, mm-hmm. You talked about how you need to fix the root of the problem. Mm-hmm. So my question is, how do you trust again after being cheated on? Mm. That's not always as easy. Um but it is possible. Just the same way that trust generally is built over time. We, For some people, they're naturally a bit more trusting, so they just give somebody their complete trust, and then ultimately it is for you to lose, depending upon the decisions that you make. For some of us who have been through a few things, been bruised a few times, you kind of, you, you get, people have to build trust with you. And the same way that it is built, it can be rebuilt. So there's a duration of time that takes place. If something goes wrong in a relationship, and we've ultimately sat down and had conversation about it, and I mean real conversation. I'm talking about the ugly, honest kind of stuff, the how I was really feeling and didn't say, all of that. We've really taken the time to lay bare what it is that was going on on the inside. Over time, you can really get to the point where you rebuild that trust, but that is based on what I watch you do differently from what you were doing previously. If you're doing the same thing you were doing before, it's very hard to rebuild trust because I don't see any change in direction. But if there was something that you were doing that led you down to the left, and now after we've had this conversation, we meet back at the center of the road, and now I can watch you making decisions that are leading you to the right, I can... I can put my trust back in you slowly based on the way in which we conduct ourselves going towards the right. But it's very difficult to be able to do it if we're not going to change direction. It's virtually impossible, to be quite honest. So it's really about how are we turning away from what was going on previously in order to be doing something differently so that we can, in fact, experience and get a different outcome in the relationship, and, of course, that outcome being fidelity this time around, if you're going to stay in the relationship. But the thing that I will say, and then I'll I'll be quiet for a second, the thing that I will also say is depending upon how long you've been in the relationship before the infidelity takes place, and is the infidelity a whole other relationship, or was it a physical indiscretion? Was it an inappropriate conversation? What was the infidelity? Depending upon what that is, people have to ask themselves, Am I willing to end a relationship for the one thing you did wrong, or am I willing to stay in the relationship for the thousand things that you did right? You have to ask yourself that question. How much has been deposited into your account? Is your account overdrawn by the one infidelity? or the one indiscretion. And for many of us, particularly those of us who have been married for such a long time, part of the reason that we tend to stay in the relationships is that there's so much that has been deposited in the account that the one infidelity isn't enough to overdraw the account. Exactly. 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 So, okay, you've given me so much to go on. (laughs) I'm still listening to to Coach Ellis. Um, I touched on it a little bit. Do you agree that um, this is backtracking a little bit, but sure. in general, women usually have some type of an emotional mm-hmm. issue for cheating, and men, it's primarily physical? Yes, that is generally the case. 
um, but I'll, with a slight caveat. So yes, women tend to we we tend to be attracted based on our emotion first, and then the physicality then follows. Men okay. tend to be attracted physically first, and then the emotion yeah. may or may not follow. Um, so, yes, I will say that there's definitely a difference in the way in which we orient to things. It's no different than there's script, you know, I'm sure you guys have heard the scripture many times that, you know, husbands love your wives. And then it says wives respect your husbands because for a man, you can go to his head first in order to reach his heart. For a woman, you go to her heart first and you have her head. It's just it, we, we operate a little bit differently in terms of how we are created for all intents and purposes. Now, what I will also say, though, is a lot of times you will find that the person that the that your partner cheated with, if we use that, that concept, is not even as physically attractive as you are. And I see that so often in my work. And w- women are always amazed. Why would he go sleep with her? She's not even she's not even pretty. But it's not whether or not she was pretty. It's that did he see himself as pretty when he was with her? And what I mean by that goes back to the thing that I was talking about in terms of the mirror or reflection theory. If he sees his best self when he looks at her, and that's what's reflected back to him, he doesn't even see her. He doesn't see that she's not as attractive as you are. All he sees is that he feels like a king in her presence. And she we, makes him feel like a king. She makes him feel like that. So that is what's reflected back to him. It changes what he sees when he looks at her. What he sees is his best self. Right. So it doesn't even matter that she's not a dime piece because he is a, a nickel who is being reflected back to as a dime. He'll take that any day of the week. So you have to be mindful of the fact that there are deeper reasons why people seek outside partnership. If you want to maintain fidelity and intimacy, reflect back to your partner their best self. Don't reflect back to them all the things that are wrong because we all have stuff. But when I can look at you and when you look at me, you see who you're capable of being and not who, you do, who you've been trying so hard to, to change from. You will always be attracted to this space because you see your best self in this space. We create environments that are laden for fidelity or infidelity, and sometimes we do it consciously and unconsciously. Wow. So you, you touched on. Um, I'm sorry, I cut you off. <laughs> right, so go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Like you, you touched on having an outside and a whole other relationship within the infidelity, um, and it's actually more popular in you know pop culture with you know songs and stuff like My Little Secret by Skate and Boyfriend Number Two and like I'll Do That for You by Joe. And, like, having these, like, extra, you know, relationships, like, result in, you know, like, side, you know, chicks or guys or somebody on the side. Which brings me to the question that I've been waiting to ask you all night, Albion. Go ahead, Janae. <laughs> Why are so many people, especially women, so willing to be the side chick or the side chick? <laughs> okay. See, that's a big one because – that really goes to that could speak to so many different things it i will tell you i can't even imagine being somebody's side piece i my ego is way too big to be anybody's number 2 okay so i i there 
there is a thing that has to exist inside of you that says that I am not worthy of number one to be able to accept that position. That's item number one, that I just have to be honest about that. There are very few people who will take position two if they really see themselves as a number one. It's hard, it, it's like sticking a, a square peg in a circular hole. This It just does not happen for some people. Now, that's not for me, I, and my point isn't to place judgment on someone who is willing to do so. I'm just merely saying to you that you have to be working with a certain kind of material for that environment to be rich for something like that to grow. The second thing that I will say about that is for some women – in particular, there is this twisted notion that somehow I am winning, that here he has a wife, but he'd rather be here with me. Mm. And see, that right there is some very, that's one plus one equals 11. Okay, <laughs> yes, there was a one, and there was another one, but you put that together and you got 11, where the rest of the world would have got two out of that equation. It is truly what are you telling yourself to come up with that equal sign? And for in nine out of ten situations, because nothing is ten out of ten, and nine out of ten situations, it comes back to the how you view you, what you've got going on the inside of you that makes that possible. And there and it's it's work that hasn't been done. It's there are holes in that bucket. There are things that have taken place that make that possible. And it cannot it can't even take place if you don't have the right environment for it. So that's a lot of self work. Women end up number two because there's a lot of self work that hasn't been addressed. And then they do that that false sense of confidence. Oh, it's because I'm so this and I'm so that that he wants to be over here. Pumpkin, if he really wanted to be with you, he would have left his wife officially right. divorced and said yes to you. As long as you are number two, he's already letting you know that you are not worthy of number one. And how you tell yourself some other story is really rewriting the lyrics, truly. Now you're preaching. Now you're preaching. <laughs> just, to, just to comment on that, just to comment on that, I also think a lot of people, men included, um, in, like in same-sex relationships, me, men sometimes want the benefits of being the side chick or the side piece or whatever without having the responsibilities of maintaining a full-fledged relationship. Relationship. So, yeah. That so my question to you, happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you think once a cheater, always a cheater? Do you, do you agree with that? Uh, I have mixed feelings about that. I won't – I would say that if you have a history of cheating, uh-huh. there's that's different because that is a character flaw, okay? So – if we if we have a history of doing something, then it is a default zone for us. This is where I go when things get hard. I go fill it someplace else. I'm comfortable with not telling the truth. I'm okay with this deception. Those are character issues. I think a cheater is different than someone who cheated. Got cheater it. is a methodology and practice. Someone who Got cheated 
You can be in an environment where things have just really been rough in a relationship. Your partner is going through something. They've completely iced you out. You are finding yourself drifting apart. You have been afraid to tell the truth about it. You find yourself in an experience. You make a bad decision. You end up kissing somebody else. You end up doing something that you shouldn't have done. But you recognize instantly, and you feel that guilt, I should have never done this. And you don't wait for your partner to find out about it. You've actually gone to take whatever, cash whatever check you've just written to deal with whatever it is because you want to save this relationship and you fundamentally believe that we've got to fix this thing and I believe we have the stuff to fix it. You're dealing with someone who cheated, but that's not necessarily a cheater. So that person who's interested in getting to the root of the issue wants to deal with their own stuff and fix it that person will let, is far less likely to do it again because it's not a default zone for them. This is not a place that they go to when times get hard. It's something that they messed up, and we all can make a mistake. And given the right set of circumstances, every one of us could get a little too close to that line or stick our toes over that line. But those people are different than people who just fundamentally should not be in, monog- in, in monogamous relationships. There are some of us who are just not meant for monogamy. We shouldn't even pretend. We should just be honest about the fact that, listen, I'm not ready to be committed. I'm not ready to settle down. And as a result, I, as long as you're okay with this, this is who I really am. Wow. Well... That was that was pretty awesome, but unfortunately uh, yeah. we're in, getting to the end of the show. But we oh, definitely really? would love. I know, right? It's wow, That's I know, amazing. I know. But we definitely want to thank Alvin for Part being two. with us. Um, how like for our listeners out there, Alvin, they want to get in contact with you to hear some of your amazing speeches and everything. Like you have a uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Absolutely, absolutely. They can they can reach me. If they, you can go to com and then everything is connected there. And then certainly where Facebook is concerned, I respond to the Facebook posts all the time myself. So you can you can reach me via Facebook. You can certainly follow me on Twitter. It's totally on va- basically every mechanism of technology and connection. We're out there. But you know, by all means, whatever it is that people like to do to stay connected, there is a way to be able to reach me, for sure. Awesome. Thank you for being on the show. Now, you guys are call fantastic. You. you were awesome. Thank you. <laughs> yes, thank it you. Was. Have a good evening. Sorry have I had to stuff so much in there, but thanks no, guys so wonderful. much for the We're opportunity. We're going to have you back for part two. We're going to have you back for part two. Thanks so much, guys. It was a pleasure. Thank right. you. Bye. You guys have a great night. Bye-bye. You too, Alvin. Bye. I just want you. Bye, Janelle. Bye, Janelle. Bye. Bye. That was awesome. Wow. Did that you guys amazing. learn anything? I learned Absolutely. a whole bunch. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was taking, I was so, taking several notes. <laughs> yes, me too. I have, yeah. I always have my pad here with a lot of notes. Awesome, awesome. I did just. I have to run through. We have um, a PSA that I have to get out. Um, SRN and SRCN, which is our Christian network, we're going to continue to commit to get a um, great award-winning program, but we're also giving back to the community this year. So we're starting a new community service um, effort this year. Each month, SRN and SRCN 
in partnership with L&B Tax Services, I think they're in Atlanta, <clears throat> we're going to reach out to one family in need and provide them with support to help get them back on their feet. We're going to do this every city where there is an SRN, um, SRCN host. I think it's coming to this area next month. This month we're in Atlanta, so um, the Frasers need our help. She is a single mother with three boys, age 5, 10, and 12. Currently she is without electricity and heat and she's staying in a very cold home. She also needs food when we get her lights back on and her boys will need clothes. If you're able to donate money towards getting the lights back on, SRN and LNB Tax Services will match your donation. So this is time sensitive. Just let me know what amount you will be able to donate. Um, you can email me at info at letsfaceitradio.com. Her boy sizes are, let's see, Shoes, one boy's, one boy's, he's five years old, um, a 6.5, um, 10 to 12 boys, and then clothes, five to six, and then 14 to 16. So again, if you have anything that you want to help out with, if you want to donate something, email me at info at letsfaceitradio.com, and I'll get you in touch with the people who are handling this. Next week, January 25th, to protect and serve, we're going to talk about uh, police brutality, excessive force, and why you should know your rights when you come into police encounter. Um, my co-hosts will be Carrie King and Candace Creedle, and we're having a special guest, retired LAPD sergeant and author of Black and Blue, Ms. Cheryl Dorsey, also legal expert Travis Middleton. Um, so tune in next week. You two were awesome. Um, did you have fun? Absolutely. Oh, I had a great time. time. Yeah, you did. You did. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I'll be in contact with you guys to see if you want to come back and help me with some of um, the February shows. Okay. So All again, right. thank Sounds you great. for tuning in. I'm your host, Will Strayhorn. I'm Donald Lattimore. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's face it. In life, you're going to be faced with many choices, but the most important choice you will ever make is when you choose to be bold, be beautiful, make the choice to be you. Until next time. Thank you for listening to Let's Face It with Will Strayhorn and friends on the Survival Radio Network. Please be sure to visit us on the web often at letsfaceitradio.com for the latest in show information, including upcoming shows, special guests, spotlight interviews, as well as exciting, innovative ways that you can be part of the show. So tune in next week for real people, real topics, real talk. Let's face it.